0: Just as the waters of Siloam were sent to Jerusalem to bring life to the Israelites, Jesus was sent by God to bring eternal life. And just as the Israelites rejected the waters of Siloam, so too did they reject Jesus. Welcome to Mountains and Mustard Seeds. I am your host, Erica Kambitz. And I'm excited to engage with you as we experience God together in fresh ways. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Literary Context Study for John 9. If you have not yet listened to the Guided Lectio Divina or the Socio Historical Context podcast, I would encourage you to listen to both of those first, otherwise, you might be very lost. So go ahead and pause, go back and listen to those, and come back to this one if you have not listened to them yet. John 9, verses 1 through 7. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. For the next portion of our Bible study, we are going to look at the literary context. The first thing we're going to look at are some key themes or words that stand out from this passage. So when we're looking at the text itself, it's important that we make observations about language and rhetoric that the author uses. So a good question to ask in any passage of scripture are which words or themes are repeated? Which ones stand out in contrast to the rest of the passage? I would love to encourage you at this moment, if you haven't done so already, to return to the text and mark it up. Maybe you've printed it out. Maybe you have room or margin in your Bible. Go away. Go, go for it. Note as many things as you can, asking questions, circling, underlining, highlighting. Get creative with it and really dig into the text on your own. So one of the most prominent uh, themes or words in this text is blind uh, or blindness. So this refers directly to the physical blindness, but it also functions symbolically for spiritual blindness. The man whom Jesus heals was physically blind from birth. Healing of this caliber was unprecedented at the time and truly would have been considered miraculous. Even though light is only used once in this passage, it has great value. While it is physically necessary for sight, the usages in John most frequently refer to the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah. The specific phraseology, I am the light of the world, is only used here and in John 8.12, which Jesus says right after his comment, about not being able to work at night. With the invention of electricity, we often forget that ancient societies could only work by light of day. Similarly, Jesus illuminates spirituality, chasing away the metaphorical darkness of night. In your own life, I would love for you to consider how Jesus has personally revealed himself to you. It's important to do this because otherwise we might become callous to the miraculous work that God wants to do in and through us. How has Jesus personally revealed himself to you? We are most often unaware of our own blindness. And so the following question may invite or require some input from those who know you best. In what ways have you blinded yourself to God's work? In what ways have you blinded yourself to God's work? Thank you. Next, we are going to do a word study on the word sent. So, this word is only repeated twice in the passage, but each instance is actually a different original word for sent. So, looking at verse 4, Jesus refers to God as Him who sent me. The original Greek here is pempo, which means to send or dispatch. This word is used 33 times in the Gospel of John. Of those occurrences, 29 of them are spoken by Jesus referring to God. From this perspective, then, God is the one sending, and Jesus is the one being sent. Therefore, Jesus could be considered the sent one. On the other hand, looking at verse 7, John tells the reader that Siloam, means sent, but this version here is different from the Greek. Siloam is transliterated from the Hebrew word shiloach, which does in fact mean sent, but it refers to a unique reservoir of water in Jerusalem. The pool of Siloam was created by King Hezekiah to send fresh water from the Gihon Spring to the city. During the Feast of Tabernacles, the priests would fill a cup from the pool of Siloam, and they would pour it onto the temple as an offering to God. This symbolized God's provision for Israel in the desert and the expected outpouring of God's Spirit in the Messianic Age when all nations would celebrate with Israel. You can read about that in Zechariah fourteen sixteen through 17 This Hebrew word, only appears in two other places in the entire Bible. It appears in Nehemiah 3.15 and Isaiah 8.6. Nehemiah references the pool of Siloach as a literal geographical reference as he recounts the building of the temple. Isaiah, on the other hand, uses the waters of Siloach metaphorically as he describes God's frustration with Israel For rejecting God's faithful care. It is significant that John expounds upon the meaning of Siloam because it connects these two instances of sent in the passage. Just as the waters of Siloam were sent to Jerusalem to bring life to the Israelites, Jesus was sent by God to bring eternal life. And just as the Israelites rejected the waters of Siloam, So too did they reject Jesus. How does this new understanding of the word sent change how you read the passage? How does this new understanding of the word sent change how you read this passage? In what ways are you currently testifying to Jesus as the sent one in your own life? In what ways are you currently testifying to Jesus as the sent one in your own life? How does the blind man's example encourage you to be sent to do God's works? How does the blind man's example encourage you to be sent to do God's works? The last thing that we're going to look at today as far as literary and historical context goes is mud. (laughs) So some scholars have argued that there's a strong allusion to the creation account in Genesis because Jesus uses mud to heal the blind man. So Jesus isn't necessarily creating as God did, as God created man from the dirt. But one could recall the creation account as this portion of John is read. John might want his readers to consider the works that Yahweh did in the beginning alongside those are in tandem with the works that Jesus is doing in God's name. In creating this connection, I believe John is doing two things. First of all, John is confirming the divine nature of Jesus' messianic identity. Jesus is truly one sent from God, and John sees the... Family resemblance, if you will. The second thing that John is doing is that he is identifying Jesus' works alongside God's work. And this substantiates the divine nature of Jesus' miracles. There is no question who Jesus' power comes from in his work. What do you consider God's work in your life? What do you consider to be God's work? in your life. Are there any areas of your life or ministry that you do not consider God's work? Why or why not? How does Jesus' example contrast with your own daily work? Are there any areas of ministry or life that you do not consider to be God's work? Why is this? And how does Jesus' example contrast? with your own definition of your daily work. So when we pull all of this together, what does this this mean for us? What are the theological implications of all of these things in this passage? Ultimately, Jesus invites his followers to participate with him in doing God's work. But what exactly is that? Surely, Jesus physically heals the blind man, but it is holistic. The blind man sees Jesus physically and spiritually. The blind man represents everyone who is in darkness until Jesus gives them light. So the work that Jesus invites us into is revealing Jesus to all who walk in darkness. What area of your own ministry or your work needs to be overhauled so that you are actually doing God's work? How is Jesus inviting you to participate in revealing and celebrating Him as the light of the world? How is Jesus inviting you to participate in revealing and celebrating Him as the light of the world? That concludes this particular study on John 9, verses 1 through 7. We look forward to studying the Bible more deeply with you and experiencing God together in fresh ways. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and be gracious unto you and give you peace.